Welcome to Redemption Unveiled, where we believe you are here for a reason and it's your job to discover it. Hi, I'm Haley and I'm here to help. I knew exactly why I was put on this earth and I believe you should too. Let's get going. Welcome back. I have my mom back on the podcast. Hey, mom. Hey. And you're always a fan favorite, so we're happy to have you back. Oh, good. That's (laughs) exciting. Yes. Your podcasts always do very well. Awesome. Wow. I feel so proud. You're basically like a famous person. You're basically (laughs) like a celebrity. Well, I've realized that for a long time now. (laughs) So today, I think I just wanted to dive into the journey of discovering love, and particularly with our father, God, being a God of love. Because I think that anyone who has been a Christian for very long understands that believing that God is a loving father can be difficult because there's so many things in life that we certainly don't understand and we don't agree with. And I know many people that are Christians, if you haven't yet, you probably will go through seasons of life where you have to question like, what in the world? And if God is good, why is this happening? I know for me in my journey as a Christian, that really has been just one of my biggest struggles of that my mind, my spirit could just not grasp that unconditional love. Obviously, the closest thing that we all know to unconditional love is the love that we have for our children. But it's still, yes, it's unconditional, but there's definitely times when you like your children a little better than other times. <laughs> and for me, I I really loved God at a very early age. My heart has always been to love God. But we were raised in a very legalistic, strict environment in the church that we went to. It was a lot of rules, a lot of things that you couldn't do. I used to laugh when I got older, it was like... Well, if it was fun, it was against the rules, you know? And <laughs> if I mean, it was fun, God does not like it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a bad thing. Besides eating, they all seemed fine with the big church buffet or whatever, but everything else was just so many rules of what you can't do or this is not pleasing to God. And I was raised in such a performance oriented um, environment. It was because the church we were, it was dancing and, fashion were all sins. And even my mom was raised, right? Yeah. Even my mom was raised. It was even stricter. Like she couldn't play cards and she couldn't go to movies. And that we used to, when we were little would hide the TV when her dad came over, who was like a Pentecostal minister and all these things, we'd hide the cards, we'd hide the TV, we'd hide all these things. And so it was always this, and they wouldn't come right out and say it, but even there was always this punishment side of God. If you got a diagnosis of cancer, then what sin is in your life? And God is unhappy with you and he is punishing you. And I was just had such a heart to love God. And they were telling me, this is how you love him. You follow all the rules and you follow, like you do all the things that he says, because otherwise he's going to punish you. And God whispered over and over this love for me that he had. But I was always a little bit like, yeah, God, yeah, you love me, but I know you love me more when I'm doing better. I know you love me more if I'm following all the rules maybe better than everybody else, you know? And so it put me on this journey of just performance and pride and judgment. 
I was strong and I could follow almost all the rules and I did make good decisions in high school and I did, but if I ever made a bad one, then I was just as hard on myself as I was other people. And God just constantly, when I look back, he was always just wooing me and romancing me and saying, I love you. I love you. And that, but it, you know how it's just surface level. Right now I'm really in, my skin is so dry as I've gotten older and you just want to find that lotion that it like really soaks in deep <laughs> and it stays moisturized. But, but that's how his love was for me. I would just rub it on the top, but then it would just dry out. And I was like, okay, now a new day, I have to perform better. And so it's very hard to, like, if you don't believe that God loves you, there's two basic things in order to really go deep in your personal walk. And it's that God loves you and that he is good. And in this life that we're living in this fallen world, where on one hand, you believe that everything orbits around God, God is in control, God is, but then we have these horrible terrible circumstances that come up in our life. And to meld those together is a very complicated thing. And I haven't got it figured out. There's always going to be questions. There's always going to be. But there was a time, and I, for any of you that haven't listened to all the different podcasts and know my story, we had six biological children. And then we went on this journey to adopt one. And through that journey, I was so close to God. I couldn't convince my husband that we were supposed to adopt. It took me two years to do that. I never gave up. It was really the only thing that I've ever really just never given up on. I cannot leave this. And through many circumstances of going over and getting Haven from Vietnam to bring her back on a medical visa, she was supposed to go to another family. And through a whole bunch of crazy, miraculous circumstances, she was mine. And I'll never forget just that for the first time, like God said, this is it. Like, we are done having this argument. Like, I am a good father, and I love you. And I know the best gift that I could give you would be this child. And it's done. And I could see him, like Jesus on the beach, like drawing a line in the sand. And he said, if you walk over this and doubt my love for you again, you're in sin. But it's unconditional, so he will still love me. You know? But beginning to have that depth of relationship where it was two-sided, like you owe me something too. And I think that's so hard for people. You know, we're in relationship and there's this God that occasionally we feel we can't really see. We have his word. But to understand that if it's a relationship, I'm required to do something also. Absolutely. And he was like, this is it. You're going to buck up. You're not going to doubt that I love you. I've given you this child. And there was that Haven story was just the most beautiful, miraculous. I mean, I felt so loved to even get to be a part of raising this child and all the different miracles that it took. But that was 2004. And you have these big moments and you are forever changed, but that doesn't mean you never struggle again. Absolutely. And one thing that I was thinking about when I was thinking about this podcast was the different times that I really felt like I was warranted 
to question God. And I do believe that God isn't, doesn't want us to question him. He is a loving father. He'll listen to our questions. He'll listen to, but the way I looked at it too, is him and I had a very long, deep relationship. And so probably about, oh, eight or nine years ago, I had a friend go through something and she was a very dear friend and she had a lot of disappointment. They had lost a child in their life and they were going through this circumstance that was a horrible disappointment on the day that their son had died 20 years before. I was so angry, but I also wanted to be such a friend to her. And I can remember just sitting down in my journal and praying and reading and just giving a God like, a what for? What in the world? Like, how in the world could this be for good? How is this a loving father? How blah, 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 blah. I was just really upset with him. And then I wanted to be a good friend to her. So I was like, I am going to just really give what for (laughs) to my friend too. I'm going to tell her how mad I am at God. I'm going to tell her. And I heard this quiet, I'm sitting in my living room, And I could just feel the grief that my father, my heavenly father, who's been so good to me. And he said, are we really still here in our relationship? Like, how many times are you going to doubt me? How many times are you going to throw me under the bus? How many times are you going to betray me? And I really felt that spirit of... Jesus of how betrayed he must have felt. I loved all you people. I was here. I did nothing except love you and teach you and give to you. And that was the first time I was, I'm in my fifties, probably for late forties, 50. And it's the first time he spoke back and said, basically, you're really not a very good friend because I was so into wanting to be a good friend to her. But my father and my God and Jesus, my friend and my brother, I was just so easily, anything that did not go, especially big stuff, like the little stuff is going to happen, but the big stuff, I was so willing, thinking that would make me a better friend to my friend to throw God under the bus. And he said, do you really think that's what she needs right now? Do you really think it's going to help her? to be angry and bitter and go on that journey that she's already had to walk through many times, but especially when her son died, is that going to be, is that really being a best friend to her? Do you love the Redemption Unveiled podcast? Are you excited every Wednesday morning when it comes out? Let me tell you where you belong. You belong with me in the Redemption Unveiled community. We are a group of women who are dedicated to staying connected to God, even though we're really busy. Every Monday, we start our week off right with a Monday Mindset podcast. And every Thursday, we dive into God's Word to see what we can find. With ongoing prayer support and an Instagram for communication, I absolutely love it. And I want you to be a part if it sounds fun to you. Unfortunately, it's not open to join now. However, you're going to want to get on the wait list because that is going to give you the best deal and the earliest access. So head over to redemptionunveiledcommunity.com today and get on that wait list. I'm so excited to have you be a part. Let's get back to today's episode. 
So I was just really honest. I said, I can't do it. I know you're upset and you can vent to me how angry you are at God, but I am starting a new era where when my God said, are we really still here? I was ashamed of myself. I felt like I was a better Christian than that. I felt like I was a better daughter than that. I felt like I was a better friend than that. Right. And we never think about how he feels. I really felt like he was very grieved and very sad that just immediately. And it's so hard because when you're walking through something really difficult, the fact that it's all eventually going to turn out okay And I believe that. There are some things I struggle with in my faith. But one of the things that I truly like, bottom line Christianity for me, is the scripture that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. I've seen it. I've lived it. And But it's not immediate. And it's not guaranteed. I, too, feel like some of these promises aren't guaranteed if you don't pull on them. Like, it's not right. like everything just works out all the time. And right. there's no, it's like, it's that wrestling that brings out the goodman, like, like goodness. Like sometimes we have to fight for the promise. But if you hold on to that, like you said, I'm not going to leave this circumstance until good has come from it. And if it's not good yet, it's not over. I'm coming back here again to say, God, there's still not goodness from this. Where are you? God, where's the goodness? And, yeah. And, but I agree with you. That is one that I, it's really helped shape my life to say, okay, Like I said, if the goodness hasn't come yet, then it's just not done yet. And the thing is that now we're several years down the road and so much goodness has come out for that. Like the circumstances that had failed are now redeemed and so much better than they could have ever dreamed from that circumstance. Right. But that promise could be a week, or it could be 10 years before you get the good. And so when someone's actually going through the time, that is so hard. And like you hold on to that promise. And there's been many times where, you know, and just, and we'll probably do deeper into this in a later podcast. We went through a time of basically just financial ruin. We lost everything. We lost our home, our business, our salary. But yet during that, because it was something that is almost more outer stuff, I really never left that promise. And I could begin to see the good come from it pretty quickly. And one of the things, you know, it's not now we're rich. I don't have that testimony. We're not rich (laughs) as far as money goes, but I'm so rich in so many things, but I learned a whole aspect of God that I had never had to tap into before. Like he was, he became our provider and we would see these little miracles every day of like, how did we survive that? I look back and I was like, I have no idea how we lived and even ate during that time, you know, (laughs) but that's, what's hard. You can trust even that the good will come, But that doesn't mean the good will come in an hour. It takes so long. And that's another aspect that's really hard about God is that it, he is not always very speedy. (laughs) (laughs) I 100% agree with that statement. It's so frustrating walking life with him and his timing. And yet he is, he is good in the way that it's really 
the length of the process that actually heals us the most. Because it is the time that it takes for us to keep choosing his will, for us to keep choosing to believe he's good. Right. Those are, it's the time that it costs us that actually brings the healing. Like when we go through something stressful, have you ever noticed how quickly we move on from our problem once the problem is done? It's crazy if you like track the things you're like stressed about. Oh. And then literally, I can be so stressed about something and it feels like the biggest problem in the world. It can be literally not even on the list of problems of the world. Right. But it's my biggest problem right. of the world today. And God, or maybe God doesn't even come through, but the problem goes away. You know, oh, whatever absolutely. it looks like. And literally two days later, I have the other biggest problem of the day that I am just talking to God about, so stressed about. And I've been realizing that here lately in my own life and been starting to express it to people. Of I am realizing how quickly I can move to my next need Without having even a day that says, today I'm not going to go to my next need. I'm going to thank you for yesterday's provision. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, sometimes I just think, gosh, if we viewed ourselves as, if we viewed our relationship with God as a true friendship, oh. nobody would be our friends anymore. If <laughs> right. God was a real person, like he would need some boundaries to say, excuse me, if you could just start treating me. Oh, decent. Yeah. The only thing you ever want to tell me is your complaint. When and I do no, something for I you, mean, don't. that's what I realized. I was like, I'm saying that I love you, God. I worship you. I am devoted to you. Like I'm living my life for you. Yet I am not loyal. I'm not thankful. <laughs> I am constantly complaining. I will talk behind your back. Yes, I always talk behind your back and question you. Those are the basics of friendship. And and I'm a very quick processor. But that was the first time when he was like, you're a mature, you're one of my mature daughters. Like we've lived, I mean, literally probably when I was three, I was loving him. I probably got saved the first time when I was five and our church taught backsliding. So I was <laughs> saved so many times. I mean, my heart was so tender. I would go to the altar every time because I was like, I just loved him so much. And then we had to be rebaptized. I think I was baptized like six or seven times because at church camp, that was the only time we got to see the water was because it was a sin to be in a swimsuit and it was a sin to mix bathing is what they called it. So you couldn't swim with the boys. We had to play softball in our dresses with jeans under them. Oh it's just, yeah. And so I got baptized over and over, but it was never because I was bad. It was just because I was so in love with God, but yet I never, it took me 50 years for him to finally talk about love before he really called me out on my crap and said, you suck as a friend. If we're just going to stay here in our relationship, just let me know. Because it's really, because there'd been other times when I felt like he had whispered to me that he trusted me. And that was such a compliment because it never says in the Bible that he trusts everyone. He does love everyone, but to be trustworthy to God was a, such a compliment, but then I didn't always, I realized I didn't always deserve that compliment. And so from that time on, there's been a couple of times when I felt like he has shown me and let me feel his heart. And that was one of those times I was like, God, I want to do better. 
And I was able to figure out how to be a good friend to my friend and a good friend to God at the same time. That's cool. But it's hard. That's really cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that story. And I think there's so much truth to it of... I do think that as we, that scripture that says, to whom much is given, much is required. And in our family, we have been given a lot. Like right. we have a great heritage of faith and we have been given a lot of wisdom and just journeying with God. And we are called to a certain standard when God has been so good to us and not just his goodness, but when we've walked life with God, is you have to keep moving forward or you move backward. You can't right. just pause. And so I love that about God. And I love that way you phrased it of just like God calling you out on your behavior. And I do think there's so much truth to that in that times when we have to not just do what we've always done or even what feels like we should do. Sometimes we have to sit in that awkward moment and say, okay, I'm going to do what God's asking me to do, even though it feels like it'd be so easy to do the other thing I want to do, what feels natural. Well, and it's what's so funny about me to do. Right. Human nature is we're all like, I was so much more drawn to following the rules. That's why people are drawn to that because it's clear, like this is what you're supposed to do. And you follow the 10 commandments and then you're off the hook But for him to turn that around and say, it's not about your performance, it's about your allegiance, it's about your loyalty. And that puts it on a whole different level of what are you doing here? Why are you crucifying me again? That all sounds so dramatic, but every time that we're just like, oh yeah, this didn't work out for us. And we throw this little fit and then just throw him under the bus and say, it's all his fault. He doesn't love me. I could go there so quickly, like, oh, this... See, you don't love me. And it really is. It has to be a relationship is two sides. And I am required to follow my side of the relationship also. And I think sometimes because he's up there in heaven, we just let ourselves off the hook. Of We call him out on everything, every little disappointment. But don't even look back to like, wow. I could have done better there for him, you know? And that's what's so funny because we let ourselves off the hook with the big stuff, like the loyalty and the love and the devotion and what is coming out of our mouth about our father. But then we want him to just be right there on call for us all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much, mom. You're so welcome. It's great to have you all. See you again soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're wondering, what does Redemption Unveiled mean? Well, it comes from Romans 8, where it says creation is waiting for the children of God to be unveiled. You see, ever since Adam and Eve made that little mistake they made, humanity has been hiding themselves from God. Actually, Jesus even tells us that many people will be surprised that he says, I do not know you. I do not know you. What if the greatest call on our life is to learn to stop hiding and to be known? And what, just what if the world is waiting on that? What if the world is waiting on you? I'm Haley. I am obsessed with this. And I'm happy to have you here. Of course, you can find me at Redemption Unveiled on all the socials. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Bye.